Welcome back to Adulthood Friends. This is the discussion-based podcast where two former childhood acquaintances, now friends, discuss the things that adverb, Amanda. Oh no. <laughs> I know you've used this already, but let's say truly. Truly. Let's go. Uh, return to truly. I like Sorry. It. No, I've disappointed you. <laughs> no, you have it. I like it. I like that we were returning to the things that truly matter. That's our original, actually. That's actually our very original adverb. Yeah. It's like the first one. So I think it's nice yeah. for episode 40. We've returned to truly. Okay. Sorry, Josh. Truly. That's your adverb of the week and of episode 40, as you just said. Yeah. And I'm Aya. I'm Josh. And today we have a recurring guest, Amanda Bell. Thanks for coming, Amanda. Thank you, Amanda. Happy to be here. Yay. And our topic today is life-changing events. So what are some examples of life-changing events and how have you dealt with some of those events in your life? And by you, I mean us and also you, the listeners, because you'll think about this while it's <laughs> while we're talking about it, maybe. Should we get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay. Ah, so good to be back. He says that every time. She hates it, so I say it every time. I, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I just, I'm used to it. It is good to be back. It's good to be back here with Amanda. It's nice to see you again. I haven't seen you possibly since the last episode we recorded. Yeah, I'm realizing that must have been quite a long time ago because since then I have moved. And um, yeah. that that was a, it's a, life-changing we'll have to get into it but okay. but a big event big event actually you know what I will say it was life-changing in that we bought a house and that is a big millennial thing to do yeah um and it changes your life did you say a big millennial thing to do yes that's like an impossible millennial thing to do <laughs> that, that's what I mean for millennials it's it's like quite a quite a big deal um and it's life-changing in that you now owe a bank a million dollars like that's really cool uh, that'll change that'll change your life that's fun yeah that'll <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, congrats. I heard that there's some other big changes in your life, Amanda. That's right. Would you be willing to share that? Imagine if I said no right now. We just <laughs> We'd just be like, okay, let's just talk about uh, some other stuff. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm expecting a baby in the very near future. And uh, I expect that will change my life quite a bit. Yeah. I think babies generally do that, or so I've heard. Yeah. A baby coming from you. A baby, yeah, your own baby, not just like not babies. just any baby. Someone else having a baby doesn't necessarily change anything. Well, walks by with a baby, and you're like, "Wow, wow, magical! <laughs> Everything's different all of a sudden." Yeah, can you imagine? That would suck. Mazel tov. Yeah. Congratulations. I mean, yeah. we're not hearing this for the first time, but yeah, Mazel tov. That's awesome. <laughs> it is you. a little Thank tiny you. Amanda. Oh, a little mantini. For the record, I'm almost hearing this for the first time. Yeah, that's that's right. I uh, got slightly privileged uh, rush mail on this. Yeah, sure did. Yeah, <laughs> I win the friendship. Mm -hmm. How far along are you, if I may ask? I am nearly eight months. Wow. I, I know the the cliche thing is like, oh, once you're pregnant, you just talk in weeks, and everything's in weeks, and like weird quantities that people don't yeah. like. Why are you telling me your child is? 23 months why not just say two years yeah seriously yeah you haven't bought into that yet is that because so many changes happen in such a short period of time people yeah in months yeah the staging for for pregnancy is really like things change quite a lot week to week so i'm 35 weeks oh. to ugh, to be that person yeah but everybody else has to do weird math <laughs> yeah that's like, just, just tell me how many months. Yeah. Eight, eight yeah. months works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that you're able to convert it. You were an engineer, so yeah, I would expect nothing less. 
That was one of our first year classes was days to months, months to years. (laughs) Can you see how far along someone is in their pregnancy, even if they only tell you in weeks? Mm -hmm. So the last time we had you on, we talked about the topic of mental health, Mm -hmm. uh, which I thought was really, really enlightening. And I I learned a lot actually from both of you uh, when we talked last time about that. So I just want to say thank you for that. But I was wondering how things have been going, I guess, well, physical and mental health wise, I guess, since you, since this pregnancy. Yeah, it's an interesting time. I mean, I can only really speak for myself in this. There's, I mean, obviously, this is a kind of extraordinary time for everyone. And there were all sorts of things that are suddenly more high risk, all these things and I'm prone, I'm prone to sort of fixate on little things. So all of a sudden, now you have to know what cheeses you can eat, you have to know what fish are good and what fish are bad. No sushi. (sighs) I had sushi maybe like once or twice at the beginning, I was just racked with guilt. Yeah. Oh, so there's there's all these new things to be anxious about and at the same time there's sort of this like once we got past some of the big milestones of like oh you know you can you're this far along and things are looking really good you know then you can kind of eat, almost relax into it and so I would say it's been it's been pretty good for mental health in in some ways and then um you know there's lots of things to be concerned and worry about but all in all going pretty smoothly yeah there's something about progesterone I think that has like uh the hormones they change your they calm you down <laughs> so nice like you've been more calm that's oh. interesting. That's not usually what you hear about pregnant women. That's not the stereotype, at least. But let's break those stereotypes. <laughs> that they're calm? Pregnant women can be very calm. <laughs> Has it been weirder, different, harder, easier during the pandemic? I mean, much harder in the sense of like, I mean, it's just like as more science comes out, you know, at the beginning, especially I can't, I mean, now that I think about it, like if I were pregnant last year, I'd be a total mess, but now we have vaccines and things are a lot safer, but you know, increased risks to pregnant people, increased risks to babies. And, you know, obviously it's not ideal because especially uh, after a child is born, you know, you want to have all these celebrations, you want to have a baby naming and you want to have a family around and all that. So considering that all that's going to happen, you know, in a month, I I'm not confident that things are going to look amazing in a month and I want to have 40 people in my house. And so, yeah, there's all these considerations and you know, keeping yourself safe, keeping the baby safe. Yeah. Yeah. A little hard. Even more <laughs> than usual. Right. Like, cause that's, yeah. you already would worry about that normally. And then it's kind of compounded with the pandemic stuff, I guess. Right. Yeah. Although I guess you don't, you weren't pregnant, not in a pandemic. So or, this is true. I have no, I have no comparison. <laughs> so we don't know. <laughs> you only know that. Yeah. It sounds more difficult. You know, you want people to wash their hands before they, before they hold it and things like that. Yeah. How many of our, um, I just realized from our old Hebrew day school class, how many now have kids or are having kids? We had 11 or 12 kids in our, yeah, procreated. That's the correct word. I was just thinking about that. Yeah, I don't use the word procreated. Former guest Ben Fari. Oh, that's right. I think just had. Just had a kid, yeah. Oh. Just had a child in the last week or so. Wow, I don't think I knew that. I think I just saw a message about an online, like, is it for a bris or something? I don't know. Something. It was like an online. Oh, cool. Thing. Okay. But uh, I th- yeah, that's right. I need to w- look at Instagram more often. That's cool. Yeah. So that's him. You him. did also Alana, right? Yeah. Alana has. Oh, I don't know. I think she has at least one. I should know. This. <laughs> My mom has definitely told me this and I was like, oh, yeah. And then I instantly forgot. So at least one, possibly two. I think Sarah Fisher. Too. And Sarah Fisher has one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Does Will? I don't know, but I think it's at least now a quarter of our class. Do you, Josh? Not that I know of. Yeah. (laughs) The day could always come. (laughs) Old joke. Well, yeah. (laughs) Classic. It's funnier when a girl says that. 
not that I know of because it's like I remember we made this joke on the podcast before and you were adamant that it was a much better joke if a girl says it oh okay I stand by that (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize I had already advertised that joke (laughs) sorry man that was Oh no, no! I'm I'm here as a guest on Adulthood yeah. Friends. I mean, yeah. at this point, no, you're just yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're recurring now. <laughs> you're not like a guest where we ask you a million questions all the time. You're just part of. You're just the co-host right now. You're guest co-host. Oh dang! I hope that's okay. I'm gonna need more caffeine. Um, what are you drinking, Josh? Oh no! <laughs> I thought I was gonna yes. get away with it. She knows. <laughs> Actually, I'm just drinking normal water right now. But I wow, got this... look at you. No, but look at this stuff. I ordered this stuff right here. It's called Mio Mm -hmm. and it's a water. What is that face you're giving me? I I saw that. (laughs) (laughs) This is, this is fantastic. It's magic. It's basically a flavor, water flavor enhancer. It just, it flavors water with zero calories. Like it just. (laughs) Are you doing an ad for Mio right now? I'm doing an ad for Mio. Even, even the way you're holding it right now is very ad like. Strawberry watermelon. I I just have regular water. Berry pomegranate. But look, (laughs) I'm going to drop this in and then mm, actually delicious. Let me flavor this little bit of water so you can see how amazing this stuff is. Look at this. Look at that. Can you show us the water changing color? Boom. It's a shame you have an audio only format because this is like (laughs) I'm totally sold. Look at that. Oh, look at that. Like you see, now the water is. Do you need to stir it or something? I'm just gonna shake it briefly. Are you sure it's not just like food coloring? And sugar? Uh, no, because here I'm going to taste it. There's no sugar. That's the whole point. Hold on. Sucralose? No, I think it's got some other. I don't know. It's some other stuff. Is it actually good? It's delicious. Wow. It's absolutely. I literally ordered it online because my friend would always give it to me at his house when we were writing. Mm. Anyway, yeah, this was a life changing event for me <laughs> <laughs> when I got because <laughs> now I love drinking water even more because good because you drink crap a lot of the time. Thank you, I. <laughs> you do. Usually it's like, what are you drinking, Josh? It's a diet Coke. Yeah. I don't know. I can't think of something. This worse. is better. And also yeah. it has some vitamins in it too, a little bit. So there. That is one thing though. When my partner asked me, you know, we were talking about, okay, what, what's the life-changing event? Mm. There can be life-changing like upgrades that you make to your life. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. for us, we just got an electric coffee grinder Oh. and coffee grind. And now mm. coffees appear 20 minutes sooner than they used to. <laughs> That's life-changing. Were you like, yeah, with your arm? Oh, time is everything. You know, adding an extra 20 minutes to your day is huge. I think so. Yeah. I, that's good. Yeah. So no, you're right. It is. <laughs> but let's talk about what some life-changing events might be, right? So obviously we've got pregnancy, having kids, which often comes after the pandemic, historical events, right? Yeah. You've got things like 9-11. A lot of people remember where they were, changed a lot of people's lives potentially. Breakups, moves. Weddings, funerals. Losing a person. Yeah. Getting married, funerals, job changes, like health diagnoses or injuries changes in beliefs um what else does a change in belief is that a life-changing event or is that a result of a life-changing event oh that's a good point um changes i guess that's more of an internal event (laughs) (laughs) like your brain is like nope what the question is what does it mean for your life to change you know like what what changes in a life-changing event right well what changed for you 
Amanda? <laughs> when, like, when I got my electric coffee. When you got your, yeah. electric, you got your, your biggest electric... life-changing event, when you got your electric coffee. Planted. It's quite something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. How that might change someone's that's just, life. That's just a, a time saver. But I would say there is, yeah, I would, like when I think about, okay, what qualifies as a life-changing event, it would have to be something that changes how I see things. Mm. I think, you know, if you ask me, well, what, what changed your life? I think it's a moment or an experience or like a protracted experience can be like, a long period of time where after it you look at things differently or you do things differently mm. because of what you experienced or what happened or the thing that that kind of clicked for you almost like an epiphany it's about how you see things for you it's about your perspective i think so yeah and some of the ones that you mentioned i like um like a breakup you know that can really change your the ground uh that you stood on for a long time that was really stable can just totally upheave and you have to live your life differently after mm. yeah yeah and could it be something that even if it doesn't change how you look at everything, it changes how you do things? Like even if... Where you live? <laughs> where, Well, yeah, it, if it changes what you do every day or how you do what you do or why you do what you do, mm. is that life-changing, right? Yeah, if it impacts all the big what, when, where, why, how, who. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's the last thing that changed your life, Josh? Yeah, Josh, tell us. The last thing that changed my life besides this water enhancer? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Right here, Mio on sale for only... Not, no, like, um. <laughs> You know, I'm in a relationship and that changed my life. Oh. And we were talking about relationships. I think for me, the biggest life-changing event that I can recall, it's interesting. We should, I guess we can go around and ask what everyone's biggest life-changing event was <laughs> or what they think it was. I mean, obviously for me, I think those probably land. I think for a lot of people, it involves shakeups in the status quo. Hmm. You know, obviously when my mom passed away, that was a huge shakeup in my status quo. Also when my dad got cancer, that was a huge, actually that one's like a, that's constantly changing things, it feels like. Mm. So it's kind of interesting. But the one that comes to mind right now is moving to Los Angeles. Getting, I think when I got my acceptance letter to get into USC, mm. that was for me one of the biggest life-changing events because I had never not lived in my hometown. And I literally packed up everything and I moved to another country and started a new life there. To me, that felt most like even with the other examples I gave, I still was in my own house. You know, I still had my friends around me. This changed the most number of things. I wasn't near my close friends anymore. I was in a new school. I was in a new city. If I wanted to talk to my dad, I had to call him, (laughs) FaceTime him. Yeah, so I think when we think of life-changing events, it's probably the things that change the most number of things. That makes sense? Mm. At least for me, that's what it is. I don't know. What about you guys? Yeah, moving cities is a big one. I mean, I've only ever lived in three places, but yeah, all that is is such an upheaval because mm-hmm. not only because you have to decide what things are coming with you, and usually it's not very much. Mm. Also, yeah, your, your surroundings are entirely different and you can go yeah. from knowing everyone to knowing no one. By the way, just to let you know, I'm weird because we know. now that I think about it, I'm, thanks, I, uh, <laughs> I'm considering this a huge life event, but when I moved to Los Angeles, usually when you know a big life event is coming, you prepare for it, right? Right. Oh my God. Yeah. We've heard this story. <laughs> I'm not going to tell the whole story. I just, no, tell us, tell us. I didn't mean like we've heard this story. I just want to go. Yeah. I, but... Like any trip I've taken anywhere. I did it in the last like few hours before I left. So stressful. I had a couple of friends over. I packed my stuff a few hours before, including my freaking computer. I had Grant and Roman helping me. People don't want to pack for a temporary trip this way, but I packed for my entire life move. <laughs> in like the last three hours, I think. And I, like I had a party that day, a going away party. 
I can't recall Amanda, were you? I don't know if you were there at the time. I know I, I sent out invites all around, but so if you weren't, I'm just gonna blame you. Oh, you know, must have got lost that. in the mail. Oh yeah, Amanda, what about what happened there 12 years, 13 years ago, whatever? No. <laughs> I had a party that day, a going away party, and then that night I flew. <laughs> wow. Which I know I could see the anxiety like on Aya's face right now, even yeah. just just hearing that at least like the place you were leaving you could leave stuff there like that's true I find it stressful to really move out of a place right like you still could leave things there Mm. not that that I I still find that incredibly stressful but no that played a huge role you're right I could always like if you had to move out of a place and you hadn't prepared like that's no Oh my God. Yeah, technically, <laughs> if I forgot anything, my dad could mail it over or I yeah. could come back yeah. sometime. What I thought you were going to say is what was what I did before I moved to Boston. I didn't even know where Boston was on a map <laughs> until I landed and realized that it was on the ocean. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. It was a, I didn't know it was a I coastal city. And then I was like, oh, the ocean, that's really neat. This that's is cool. the best. I love it. Oh, I also didn't know much about Los Angeles. I actually didn't understand American geography at all. <laughs> I had you know how I learned American geography is from watching elections you know when all the states turn red or blue and I was like oh I see now I have an idea of where each of the states are first of all it divides the states in basically half for you it simplifies it because there's like 50 of them yeah and then you're like red don't go there blue yeah that's fine (laughs) (laughs) but it took me a while to realize I went from basically one coast to another Mm. Los Angeles is west coast southwest coast of, of the United States yeah, most people know. No. Okay. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> Thanks, <Aya. laughs> yeah, That's cool though. What about you, Aya? Um, I was thinking about this because we were gonna do this and I was like, I don't have any life-changing events. And then I thought of like, oh, there's like a breakup where I had to move out of a house, like very suddenly. But there was also a more positive one, which is getting my cat, which is like oh. a little bit of like, is that a life-changing event? Of course but it, it is. did change my life. And like I remember very vividly like picking her up from the shelter. Like I went and and she was all scared. And there were the other kittens there that were like, beep boodoo, we're kittens, we love life. And she was just like scared and like curled up and like kind of just not interacting with anyone and I was like that's the cat for me like that cat gets me and I will understand her and I asked them about her because I was like I haven't had a pet before and they're like oh she's a fearful cat so they gave me all this information and of course I like googled the crap out of that later but yeah I remember like taking her home and I was driving and I turned off the music and I was just talking to her like it's going to be okay and everything's going to be fine. And it was, and she's the best. That's so sweet. And it changes my day to day. Yeah, I, sure. Let's go with sweet and not like, oh my God, I, uh, your big life event is a cat, but like, she's the best. That is a big life event. I don't know why anyone would think it's not. And I never had like a proper pet before. Like I had a hamster. But... It's basically like having a kid, right? Amanda? Agreed. (laughs) So I'm so afraid to make that comparison also because like I can just see my mom's face in my head just being like, no, it's not. Like you can't compare the two. And I'd be like, well, did you ever have a cat? Because maybe you don't know. No, but (laughs) I don't think it's like having a kid, but I do think that it does. It can change everything. Like it changes. Like I kind of plan my day in a certain way. And like, you know, I don't want to leave for too long because I know she's kind of, we're attached. I usually have some, well, actually I still do. I have some little, some of her kibble here because she likes to, so she climbs up and she wants a little snicky snack. So I give her a little bit. You're not alone. You're less alone when you have a cat. Yeah, I don't feel alone at all. I'm perfectly fine. (laughs) 
<laughs> also like yeah and everything I've been told in my apartment is very cat centric like a lot of things are set up for the cat or it's like why is that thing there and it's like oh because the cat likes to do this thing and, and I think it's and my grandma came in and she was like your cat has more toys than I ever had in my entire life and I was like that is definitely true because every time I go out and I see a toy that she doesn't have I'm like she needs that toy so it's fun and I keep boxes lying around because of her she likes boxes so I feel like the box situation in my apartment is a life-changing event because of the cat so I just talked about my cat yeah yeah I think it's really <laughs> like maybe I'm wrong but I feel like you made a different choice than a lot of people would do in that moment I think most people would kind of shy away from the fearful cat and they'd want the cat that like seems like a, a party thinking. yeah the cat that's yeah. a really good time and I think that's yeah, it's interesting that you were drawn to her that way. Oh, thanks. I I thought that was kind of part of my thought process was like, everyone wants like the happy little cat. But like, I kind of related to her. Like she was sitting there all scared. And I was like, of course you're sitting there scared. You're in a shelter. You were just spayed like a day ago. Like you're probably in pain. And she's just like, it made sense to me. And she's still a fearful cat. Like she still hides quite a bit and like takes her a very long time to be okay with anyone, like if ever. But she's, to me that she kind of like, I don't know. She made sense to me. I was like, I get you. You're going to be my little friend and we're going to help each other out. So was pre-cat Aya different than post-cat Aya? I think so. She, I think pre-cat Aya didn't talk about cats very much. At all. <laughs> <laughs> Touché. I think what else? Yeah. Like there are certain things that are like, I don't know. We kind of have like our little routine. Like every time I go to bed, I'm kind of prepared for once I kind of settle in, she crawls up and will like curl up in the in the crook of my legs. And I'm just like, so used to that happening that if it doesn't happen, I'm like, where are you? Like, are you okay? What's going on here? Yeah, certain things in my life have kind of revolved around her. And I have like a cat bed on my desk so that she can hang out here while I'm doing my work. So yeah, it's just all these little things that that have changed. So yeah, different, I think. And I feel more like, yeah, like what you said, less alone. I don't ever feel like I miss people because I'm like, mm, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, I barely miss people to begin with, but I could like occasionally be like, mm. don't you have a boyfriend? I do. Yeah. You never feel like you miss him ever? No, that's different. <laughs> I just tried to catch you. That's different. Oh, okay, Josh. I miss him. I like him. <laughs> you should miss him. Yeah. <laughs> the first time you have, like, I've had a couple different animals over the course of my life, but yeah. especially, like, it, it will surprise you how much you can care for an animal. I think that's part. Of, yeah, yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you haven't had to do this, but also, like, when you lose uh, a pet, it all, it's one of these things also that, which you never will because your cat will live forever. Mine will, too. Yes, your cat will live forever. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Mine also will live forever. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's one of these things where you're like, holy shit, I didn't know how much I could feel yeah. about that. Like it was yeah. Really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. When my cat died, his name was Sammy. I don't know if you guys ever met him when you came over, right? I remember. Yeah. He was a big Maine Coon. He was yeah. a big, he was a part Maine Coon, I think. Oh, okay. But he, I loved that cat. I had him for, I grew up with that cat. And when he died, I was actually, I think I'd already gone to USC. I guess he was sick and my dad took him to the vet. And I was just expecting to hear like, oh, what was wrong with him when he came back? And I asked my dad about it. Maybe I hadn't gone to USC yet, actually. But I asked like, what was wrong? And he's like, oh, we, we put him down. And I was like, what you didn't? And I got like really upset. I was like, you didn't even ask me. Like, what do you, what, you just did it? And he was like, I don't know. The vet said, but maybe it was probably best that we do that. So I just, I, we did it. And I was like, but I didn't even get a chance to 
I didn't I didn't know I thought he was coming back. Oh my god, that's horrifying. I just you took him to the vet and they didn't he didn't come back. And then I don't know, I told my dad that and he felt terrible. And then I felt bad that my dad felt bad. Mm. The vet just told him kind of what to do and he just did it. <laughs> and Honestly, my dad loves yeah. the animals. He's like one of those dads that would act like he didn't. Like, I don't want it. I don't want an animal. I don't want this. And then, of course, when no one's looking, he's like petting yeah. the animal. And <laughs> if you walk into the room, he's like, I don't know what just happened. What's this animal doing here? Get it away from me. When I visited very briefly, sorry, like when you came last time to London mm -hmm. and I went in because I wanted to meet the cats and the puppies. Yeah. Your dad seemed very proud of those cats. And like oh, yeah. kind of like. So yeah, I, it doesn't surprise me that he like loves the cats. Like he's not, yeah. You wonder if it's a life-changing event. I promise you it is. For my dad, like I said, he's been fighting cancer and uh, you know, it's, it should be no surprise. There's been depression bouts here and there with, for him. I know these animals have been a lifesaver for him. Mm. Actually, the truth is, so, so when Sammy died, that was, you know, a while back, my brother got a, another cat. His name was Joey uh, and he was a Maine Coon. And my dad didn't want him at first either. And my dad fell in love with him and I could see him getting happier. Mm. Like it was, it was affecting his life. And then Joey, like a year, I don't know, might've been a year in, not even, he died. It was very surprising. He was very young and it was a, like, we don't really know what happened still. And my dad started blaming himself for that too. Like what, what did he do something wrong? As much as that helped him is as, as, as much as it suddenly hurt him again, right after that. But my brother, I don't know, he was already thinking about, we'll get another cat. So he ended up getting this cat named Gemma. And she is the half sister of Joey, I think. I think they're related. Oh. Yeah. So he got Gemma and then he got another main, they're, they're all main coons and another main coon named Blue. Blue is like darker and Gemma's white. Now we have two cats. And yeah, since then, I mean, my dad got really fearful, I guess, when we got those new cats again, that something might happen. But, you know, it's been years now. And again, it's massively transformed his life. Yeah, he talks about the cats like they're kids constantly. Aww. Like I will be standing there and the cat will jump on something and he'll chastise the cat like it's a child. And I'm like, you know that it's a, it's a cat. Like it doesn't like it, care. <laughs> <laughs> what did I tell you? What did I tell? Did we not have, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I talk to my cat a lot, so I can relate to that. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, you were talking about our life changing events, yeah. but I just thought about, and by the way, I was just saying too, when, when Sammy died for me, even though I wasn't as I was older at the time, I may or may not have been at USC. It still changed, even if it didn't change things externally, internally, I felt this mm. shift, like a new phase of life just started. Yeah. I think death does that in general. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to know because my cat's never going to die. Your cat's never yeah, going to die. Your cat's going to live forever. No, I know. I actually on Reddit, there's this whole thing because like people post like goodbye. I lost my best friend today or something. And it'll be like a post about losing a pet. Mm. And there's actually kind of not a backlash, but people are like, like some people don't want it on certain threads because it's like, this is the moment that we dread for our pet. Like we don't want to see, I like I know that. Like there are certain places where you can go to get support and stuff, but like don't post it on just like cats or whatever, just because <laughs> people go here to see like cute things of cats. They don't want to see that, which is like, yeah, take, take that to your Facebook friends. Like yeah, it's, get off our cute pics. Cause it's tough. We all think, yeah, <laughs> we all just like think about like, oh no, what about our cat? Yeah. My cat is staring at me as this is happening. <laughs> She's so weird. <laughs> Kitty, we're talking about you. No, do you want to talk? Just want to stare at me creepily. Okay. okay. <laughs> I hope she'll visit. I hope she'll visit at some point so I can see. Yeah. The only thing is like she's afraid of everybody. 
Like she, <laughs> if someone comes over, she hides. Like the only person that she is kind of okay with now, like she's sometimes she's very okay with him is Joel. But like that took a while. Like what, your boyfriend, Joel. What? What are we? In? Are we still in elementary school, John? What's going on here? Right yes, now, in so- this very moment, we kind of are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I always want to be like, oh, come meet my cat. And then she just like scurries away and hides in the closet. But anyways, I, now I've talked about my cat park, of course. And let's, well, yeah. I feel like we, I don't know if we skipped over, but I actually was interested in hearing more, Amanda, about like, again, I don't have a lot of friends nowadays that are pregnant or have had kids. I have like a, mm. I can count on one hand, basically. Yeah. I was just wondering, like, if you could share any more about what that's like and what your hopes and fears are. And I mean, it's coming up soon, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've got, I guess, five weeks left or so. I mean, I can't obviously speak to what it's like to, to have a newborn or anything like that. Like talking to people, it's, it's really incredible. And something I sort of look forward to, but also can't fathom is, you know, people say very dramatic things like all of a sudden you're just going to like love that thing more than you've loved anything. And you're like, not going to care about anything else. It's just going to like change how you see the world. And that's like, that's a very um, metaphysical almost kind of thing that, you know, you become someone else, I guess. And I don't know how dramatic that would be for, for me or anything, but it's something, it's something to look forward to. I think it's exciting to think about caring for someone that much. That's exciting. But in terms of pregnancy itself is weird because it happens so gradually and over such a protracted period of time Mm -hmm. that it's almost like nothing is changing, but also, oh, suddenly I'm carrying around uh, 20 pounds and 15 inches of extra body. Yeah. yeah so it's not like I wouldn't say that the the last year has been life-changing so much as it's just sort of crept up on me yeah wow. yeah I don't know it's harder to walk down the street I guess yeah you have to pee more often I assume I pee more often I walk slowly do you do the waddle yet like hold the back and waddle <laughs> I don't hold the back but yeah there's there's a waddle yeah. there's a, especially in the winter you know just shuffling my way shuffling my way down the street yeah yeah yeah. That's kind of something people say is, you know, when that baby comes, it suddenly won't be about you anymore. Everything will be about the child, right? And you will, mm-hmm. you'll stop caring about you and you'll only care about the kid, right? Can you foresee that? Or is that like, you're like, that's kind of like, I'm still gonna, it's still me. I, I still want to, still got things I want to do. Like, it's- <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's interesting sort of, you know, when talk logistically about what you want your life to look like with a kid, but how you're going to feel. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's exciting to think I'm going to feel that way to think yeah, what you were saying about like, oh, this is all, this is like, this is everything now. I mean, in an abstract, it's still like to have a life. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I think that's like a big thing for people to talk to in the various decision making. You know, timing doesn't always happen the way that you want it to, depressed. But, you know, there's the question of like, when am I done doing all the things that I want to do on my own or with my partner? And when am I ready to like dedicate all this time now to what the future, like the new path that this is going to take me on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's ever like a, a great or right time. You're like, okay, now I'm ready to not do that trip or to, you know, put that trip a decade down the road or, mm. you know, I've seen all the movies that I want to see for a while. <laughs> no, I'm ready. Do you think the life-changing event is yet to come when the baby comes or has it already been life-changing? Like, when did this start? When did you feel like this is life-changing? Yeah, I, I feel like it, I feel like it's got to happen once this thing is out of me. Like, like I said, like the, 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 the feeling has kind of crept up and it's kind of just been, oh, you know, it's, there's still some deniability at this point where it's like, yes, yes, I'm, 
I'm pregnant, but like, who knows? Who knows what'll what'll happen? <laughs> it sounds very dark, but basically, without there's still like you know all the unknown, like just so much unknown. Mm. So there's still sort of like it's not holy shit, what did I do? <laughs> but at the same time, it's like it, I don't know, it's not quite real until to me, yeah, at least like I feel like it'll be really real when you're like holding the thing you, you grew inside you. Yeah, that makes sense. In a few weeks. And when people describe it that way, like it's going to change everything. I feel like there's just an excitement because it's hard to imagine that. So when there's like something that's hard to imagine and you know it's going to happen to you soon or if all goes well, it'll happen to you soon. Then it's like, it's exciting whether or not that means you can't take another that trip that you wanted to take for another few years. Like it's still... It's a different kind of trip, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> What's going to happen? Well, so last time you were talking to us a lot about work and stuff. And forgive my lack of memory about how things work in Canada versus the U.S. But I know here there's like terrible maternity leave type situation. What's going on on your end when it comes to work? Yeah, I mean, Canada has uh, has an extended leave policy where you can take up to a year and a half, which is mm. pretty nice. nifty. And I'm a public mm. servant, so I've got some moderately good benefits. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm actually just not going to work for a while. And that I actually think is going to be really That's life changing, right? <laughs> yeah, I haven't not had a job or been in school oh. since literally ever since you yourself were the baby <laughs> like yes yeah so having 18 months and obviously I understand there will be something that I'm obliged to do during this time but oh it's not just gonna be like chilling no you know. probably not I watched the Ali Wong specials you know the ones before she had the kid and after she had the kid oh yeah she talks about being jealous of all the yoga moms who are just like I saw that wanting all that time off and then afterwards where she's like oh shit this is actually very hard work <laughs> but yeah it'll be weird because uh it's a job <laughs> it's a job but yeah I'm a person who gets really wrapped up in professional in my professional life I think maybe especially during pandemic I work virtually so it's not even that like I have a social life meets work life it's just all my social interactions have to also come from work mm. or like a lot or like more social fulfillment needs to come from work. I don't know if I'm describing this well, but basically like I get very wrapped up and, you know, there's the politics of work. Am I doing work with integrity? Am I doing work that I believe in? You know, that stuff has to be fulfilling. And so the absence of having a job or like a degree or <laughs> something that has a, like a definite aim yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to lose my mind out of boredom or something. No. <laughs> Maybe I'll start an Etsy business or something. I'll make jewelry. You are very crafty. Like if someone were to make, <laughs> yeah. I feel like you'd be the one like making all your kids clothes kind of thing, you know, like you'd be making like the cool little hats and stuff. No, maybe not. You were the crafty person in our class. Yeah. You, yeah. you would like crochet little animals. Like that's very impressive. And like work on I mean, Like you did a lot of stuff. If there was a craft, Amanda could do it. Like, that's what I remember, at least. Like, I, I maybe you don't do that as much now, but you certainly could, right? Like, no, I, I've made I've made a little hat. I made a little hat. You made a little I hat. <laughs> yes. I, um, oh, that's so in character. That. Yeah. yeah, I'm knitting a little sweater. I've never knit a sweater before, but I figured it's like an easy way this to do it would be to make a small sweater. <laughs> and then yeah. I don't have to commit to a large project that I'm going to mess up. Can you show us the tiny hat? Do you have it nearby? It's downstairs, but I will show you. Okay, no worries. This is really cheese, but I made Ryan a hat last year and the Aww. little hat matches the big hat. I'm not going to match. Do you have a little hat too that matches? No, I got to make one for myself too. <laughs> yeah, you got to make one for yourself. Then we'll all match. It'll just be really cheesy. Just do it. Just accept it. Just go full cheese. 
that's okay. Your family must be pretty excited as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's again, it's first grandkid, my first grandkid for my parents. Yeah. They're pretty yeah. excited. Wow. Yeah. And it's unusual because I think, um, again, it's just like, we're so much more isolated than we would be like, if this were all happening and there was no reason why we couldn't gather in person, I think it would be such a different experience, but it's sort right. of, mm-hmm. it's just sort of a, you know, got to update you by Facebook and, yeah. you know, keep you in the loop. You know? The pandemic has really affected these I mean, we're talking about life-changing events. It's really affect, I mean, not only is it a life-changing event, it's affecting life-changing events. Weddings, funerals, pregnancies. I know so many people who had their baby and then, I don't know so many people, like I said, but I know some people (laughs) who've had their baby and I've heard about many others where that happens and then their parents can't even be there to see it. Or, I mean, weddings have been postponed and Mm -hmm. I was going to be a groomsman at my friend's wedding. And then first it got postponed and then it became like only close family. So I got like basically kicked out (laughs) because, you know, we couldn't have too many people during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Funerals, I mean, funerals are happening over Zoom Mm -hmm. right now. It's so brutal. Yeah. You guys remember Mm Jesse, Jesse Richmond, like that was, it was so strange that, you know, we we were on Zoom for that. I, it was, I don't know. It was sad and weird to, to do it, to have to do it that way during this time. And that's how, I don't, I don't know. Are you feeling that the pandemic kind of affecting this big event for you? Are you sad that you're, or are you going to be able to have your parents and everybody around? Like, I don't know, are we coming out of it a little? Yeah, I really, I really hope so. I mean, obviously I don't have a crystal ball anymore than anyone else. It'd be really nice. Like I would love if, you know, again, everything goes well, that I have a child who has no memory of this Hmm. and whose education is not impacted by this. Like I really feel for like, like you said, like, you know, if, I mean, I didn't get married, but imagine if you thought like your wedding was going to be 200 people in a banquet hall and instead it's you know, six people at city hall. And and it's not to say that, like, I would be curious to ask someone who's had this experience, you know, was your wedding, do you think your wedding was more or less life-changing or your, you know, mm. did it <laughs> because, because of this? I don't know. Cause I, I don't know the, you know the reason that you might make that choice. I don't know. I feel like, well, this is just me being, <laughs> I can't relate to people who want 200 people at their wedding. I no, I'm just, some people but are I, probably happy. Like, Oh, thank God. I didn't want to yeah, do that anyway. I'd be like, thank God. <laughs> just the people who I actually want here. But I mean, that's a terrible thing. I know that people like really, if, especially if they had already planned it or they looked forward to it, you're right. For a lot of people, the wedding is like, it's such a big thing. And to have that taken away is probably a big thing to them. But maybe that's a good lesson in like, <laughs> like, I don't really feel bad for people whose weddings. This is the thing. I'm going to like say so something kind of shitty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the nice thing about talking to me is you want to say something shitty. Just wait a second and I'll say <laughs> it. Like, <laughs> Well, not to undercut that, Aya. But when I was supposed to be a groomsman at my friend's wedding, yeah. it wasn't just like I was supposed to go to the wedding, right? And that couldn't happen. Yeah, We had a little band that we basically oh that's cute had done and I was playing yeah. piano when we were doing uh we were like meeting and we learned to play drops of Jupiter <laughs> that's nice yeah because it was like his wife's right now wife's favorite song I remember Amanda did a presentation to that song in grade six did you I am amazed that you remember that you and Allie <laughs> right yeah it was like we were it was something with the soul and you had like a it was like a video and you had the music going on Right? Yeah. So, so here's a real, this is a real throwback to. Sorry, Josh. I just interrupted. That's okay. My, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, we'll come <laughs> back to it. I had to tell her because I was like, this is more interesting. I have a really vivid memory of this. Yeah. That's so funny that you remember that because the thing was, this is going to date us exactly to a time when you couldn't get music digitally that easily. Mm-hmm. And so, what I did is, 
drops of Jupiter. It was on all the time. I had to make a presentation about space. I knew it would come on the radio. So I sit there with my finger, like on the record button with a blank cassette in there, waiting for drops of Jupiter to come on the mm. radio so I can record it and use it for my presentation. Uh-huh. I remember that all too like well, 40. waiting for the song so you could record yeah. it so that you could play it yeah. over and over again. The children today have no idea. <laughs> I don't ever want to say that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> too late to make the presentation i filmed the book using a camcorder and like turned the pages of the book playing the cassette in the background so like just the most it was cool <laughs> that's another example of your craftiness yeah i remember watching that and being like oh man this is way better than my-. like i loved this presentation and the music was on i just filmed the book I showed people pictures from, but there was music in the background. Like we didn't have like photo editing thing. We couldn't just like put something on, you know, like, you know how easy it is now to add music to a presentation. That was not a possibility. Yeah. PowerPoint had not evolved. That was pretty innovative. I think. What grade was that? For what class was that? Six? I think it's grade seven. Seven? Whatever, look upon ju- Drops of Jupiter, it probably came out in <laughs> 2001. So I'm going to say, yeah, six or seven. For some reason, the presentation was in the gym, quote unquote. Right? Wasn't it? I remember the TV was rolled out. We were all sitting there. No. What was it for? What was this? I don't know. I don't know why. I... Space. I only remember the space presentation. presentation. Yeah. It's something about space. Oh, maybe it was about space because Jupiter, that kind of makes sense. We did some space presentation. Oh, it made perfect sense. Yeah. No, no. The intention to record the song was absolutely because I had oh. to give a presentation about space. Oh, okay. I think I did something on black holes. <laughs> you would. Yeah. Or maybe it was Neptune. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I don't remember your presentation, Josh. You probably had to do Jupiter. It makes a lot of sense. It's great. It's very convenient that Train was on the radio all the time. <laughs> yeah, that was a good song. I can, I still hear it and I'm fine with it. Isn't it still on the radio all the time? <laughs> mm, not all the time, but it plays occasionally still, I think, depending on the station. Sorry, Josh. So you were learning this for a wedding. My story wasn't that interesting. Well, it's fine. We <laughs> want to hear your story. Don't say that. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that it wasn't just like, you know, showing up to a wedding during the pandemic. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get to go to a wedding. I was a groomsman and we had planned this band that we were meeting for. The saddest part is it still happened, but I was the only one who wasn't a family member in that band. So everybody else still did it, but they like got a pre-recorded piano. <laughs> <laughs> or something and terrible. so i watched so like everyone but you that's terrible i watched it online like i joined online i, I don't know if i was sitting next to this. i think i was like texting i was just starting to date my girlfriend at the time i think and i was like i'm supposed to i'm supposed to be the piano for that oh, that's so sad <laughs> yeah oh that's tough obviously it was just a tough time you know people had to figure out what to do and they didn't want to postpone things any longer i don't think they wanted that i don't think that was like i'm sorry that i laughed so hard at that i thought it was funny and then i look at amanda's like just being a nice person and i'm laughing at your misfortune no no no, it's fine you can laugh at it it's objectively hilarious one person's tragedy is another person's comedy yeah 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 you know the difference between comedy and tragedy right let's hear it yeah tragedy is you getting hit by a car comedy is somebody else getting hit by a car so dark (laughs) oh now it's too dark for you okay Aya. it's a little dark i don't want to see someone get hit by a car i mean i don't want to see most people get hit by a car (laughs) maybe those uh i heard there's you had some protesters in your way to get here amanda today oh nice segue them i wouldn't mind Yeah, what's going on with this convoy thing in Canada? I'm not there in Canada. Well, it's dispersed in Toronto. I luckily was able to go to my appointment unobstructed. There's no one around, which is great. That's good. (laughs) We had it in London, too. Oh, really? Yeah. What is this? Can you explain this to me? 
Amanda, you want to? A-holes. You're just a bunch of dickheads slash dum-dums. I can't actually speak that well to like what's happening. I think the oh. big impact yeah. has been in, so I can That's fill in, but the big impact's been in Ottawa, which is the capital of Canada city. Capital city of Canada. <laughs> it is also the capital of Canada, the city. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah where there has been a ongoing 10 days now protest that the yeah. city is unable to uh, disperse yeah yeah basically that's it. what is this pro- what is it about so it was originally a truck convoy it kind of started supposedly in response to the vaccine mandates on truck drivers that were entering mm. between the u.s and canada and so the idea was that all the trucks were going to ottawa to be like hey trudeau don't don't tell us what to do <laughs> our body our choice all that bullshit so freedom spelled f-r-e-d-u-m-b B. No. <laughs> so they drove to exactly what man said they went to ottawa and they're kind of camping out there and apparently like honking their horns constantly and i think they just um i don't know what the proper wording is but there's like an injunction against them just honking all the time because like people who live there can't sleep like they're mm. it's essentially like mental torture because they're like just constantly there so it it, it was a big loud protest it's a big loud protest so yeah so initially it was truckers and it is still in large part truckers but other people have joined the convoy and actually a lot of people have donated money to support them and it's become just against i started something about gofundme with them giving it taking it back yeah they got a ton of money and it like to support the protest and it's it's essentially against the vaccine mandates right now gotcha so it's an anti-vaccine mandate protest yeah exactly and they're getting in the way i I think you said the other day you were going to the hospital amanda for an ultrasound and they were in your way no no so that's what i was worried about for today was so they came to toronto well who knows who knows who they are. There was a protest in Toronto. Maybe some people came from Ottawa. Maybe some people came from elsewhere over the weekend in front of the Parliament building in Toronto. Luckily, it seems like this was confined to just the weekend. And today, Monday, they're gone. So uh, I did not run into anyone. Well, that's good. That's good. As far as I can tell, it was less eventful here than it was in Ottawa. Well, that's good. Have they been getting away of medical, like getting into... I, hospitals and stuff? I don't know that they were specifically it wasn't like before where they were specifically targeting or I don't know I mean it was just like we're gonna go to the politicians and we're gonna tell them that they can't coerce us into getting a vaccine sorry I was listening to I one love podcast your, that had, the way you're doing <laughs> like one of the podcasts I listened to it's uh front burner it's a CBC podcast and they had clips from people who were going to the protests or people who had been there one of them this guy just kept saying they're trying to coerce us into get and I was just like Oh my god they're not co-horsing you okay just like just use a yeah. simpler word it's okay we already know you're dumb like you don't need to try to impress us i'm sorry not because he's a trick but because he's anti-vax okay not to defend any of, of these people in that sense no but- it's okay do your thing josh it's good be empathetic no i do obviously agree that we need to do something you know when it comes to you know mandates and, and making sure people have the vaccine and protecting public health that being said, the vaccine mandates are obviously a life-changing event for a lot of people, or at least perceived that way, mm. because, like I, I brought this up before, a friend of mine who, because he holds these beliefs, whether or not we agree with them. I don't. 
if that's not clear. <laughs> I don't know. It's not clear. Do you agree? I, I, it sounded yeah, like, just to uh, clarify, I, was, I know I was a little bit fuzzy about it. You're very subtle about that. I didn't mean to be so subtle. But because of that, you know, to some people, this has been, you know, if you don't hold these beliefs and you don't agree, then you feel like your rights are being infringed upon and you feel like you can't live life the same way that you were before, especially if you can't go into stores or restaurants or parties or whatever, and because you need to show that you had the vaccine and they can't do that. So they feel like their life has been altered and that's affecting their mental health. And I know at least one person who blatantly told me that for them, they were very much considering suicide and they left the country to go live in Mexico and they live in Mexico now because of the mandate. Again, I know the thoughts there across your mind. That's ridiculous. Why would you do that? Get the vaccine. I, yes, that's what I believe too, obviously, logically. But if you do think this thing, which is wrong, I can understand how that can really hurt your mental health. That's the kind of quote unquote life-changing event where, you know, for this person, it was a binary choice, suicide or leave the country because of these mandates. So I don't know. I, I understand that for a lot of people, it's causing like being right doesn't mean being well. And so like, I could tell this person what I thought to be true all, as much as I wanted. If they weren't mentally yeah. well, that wasn't going to, it's not going to help, you know, just being right. I appreciate it. I don't know, yeah. maybe it helps society, tough love on certain people, but I don't know. It, it seems that this is also a big, it, it obviously is a sore point for a lot of people. Again, I'm not one of those people, but I am empathizing with that point of view. I appreciate that you're able to empathize because I, I have a really... I have a hard time. Well, again, this is not just some random person. It's like a good friend of mine yeah. who I disagree with. Yes. But hearing that they got close to, I'm, I'm saying they got close to ending their own life because of this. You know, it's not like I'd be like, oh, too bad. You know, it's not the response I feel yeah. at my yeah. core towards that. Mm -hmm. Just because I think it shouldn't affect their mental health. That doesn't mean that it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, what I was thinking, where I thought you were going to go before we went there, and I hope this isn't too callous of a, of a pivot, Do it. but the fact there's like mandates around um, what jobs you can and can't do, yeah. that is life-changing for people. For people who, I mean, I work for the city of Toronto, yeah. and we were one of the first to say, you need a vaccine if you want to work here. Yeah. And so people made that choice to, while yeah. some people, you know, under duress or not, made the choice to um, maintain their non-vaccinated status rather than maintain their job. Yeah, and they lose their job yeah, yeah and, and what i think about a couple life-changing things like getting a job getting a job you're excited about that you yeah. like yeah can be life-changing working that job losing that job sure. yeah i have a close actor friend here who I, this is somebody who's been anti-vax like all his life i've never agreed about this but it's one thing it's like okay i think that's ridiculous i don't agree with you i he told me where he was coming from you know it comes from beliefs from his parents but you know we're friends and i don't need to agree with him about everything to be friends with him fine right but that was before we entered a pandemic. And suddenly this issue becomes front and center now. So now when we disagree about that, it's a little more explosive. So he's an actor, right? And he's a big actor. I'm not going to say who this is because, you know, it's a friend of mine. But he ended up securing a role opposite Brad Pitt in an upcoming movie. And it was a big deal. Then the mandates, vaccine, we can call it mandates, whatever, but like, they basically were requiring vaccination and he felt really stuck because he's been against this all his life. Mm. He felt his dream was being held hostage. You know, he had to do something. It's like, you don't have to, but you generally have to if it's your dream, right? So he ended up getting vaccinated for it. And I heard that and part of me was, of course, like, good, you should get vaccinated. <laughs> and the other part of me felt his pain of a belief that he held. He was coerced and forced into doing something he didn't want to do. I think it's pronounced coerced. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
So he was coerced into doing something that he didn't want to do. Yeah. Whether or not we agree, these are life-changing events for a lot of people. It's yeah. probably important to recognize that, you know, it's an easier one for us. We agree and believe in it and science, you know, to get vaccinated. But for other people, it's a much more massively life-changing event, especially if they're choosing not to do it still. It's just making their life worse in every which way. Mm. They're not vaccinated and they're losing their job and their dreams are coming, you know, down and they can't enter restaurants and parties and they're losing their friends. Yeah. It's been a very um, difficult time for people to stick by their, yes, false beliefs. So sorry to put it on that note. I almost said something, but then I was like, I'm probably going to ask Josh to edit that out if I say it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Mandy, you just had like a shift. It was kind of a pregnant person shift. It was very cute. What? I do a lot of shifting. She just like, the way you moved was very like, it's like I have a I have a baby in my belly. It's interesting because the way we're looking at things on Zoom right now, I have no idea that you're pregnant. Yeah, you look exactly the same. I actually don't believe you, so yeah, I think you're just making this up. I mean, it's not a visual medium, so I, I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no one will really ever know. <laughs> no one will know. Yeah, we actually just get friends on and lie about their current situation. So I was just curious, like, do you think that being the oldest kid means that you kind of saw, like, you kind of experienced your parents? having kids in a way that like maybe makes you more prepared in a way do you think like I I don't know I was just thinking like as the youngest until my nephew was born there was no one there were no babies around me Mm. like you had a there were a lot of babies or not a lot but like you have three younger siblings right so like yeah and I do remember them being young and I and I feel like I mean my idea of how much I was contributing to the care of my seven years younger sister is probably a lot less than I did maybe I changed a diaper or carried her around or you You know Good that's something. For you. That's something. That's something. My dad never changed yeah. the diaper, apparently. <laughs> so. But I also, I don't know if you remember this, but I was quite a hotshot babysitter among the uh, London Jewish community. Oh. You know what? I do. I that do make sense. sense. Yeah, I, I think I, I do remember that. I think I got some of your like leftover. Like they'd be like, Amanda's not available. Are you? Like, <laughs> no, no, you were good. Yeah, you knew people. I was a babysitter too. Were you? But I was bad at it. I remember, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I, by the way, I think you had to get like your babysitting certificate, right? Yeah, yeah. And I remember doing that. And I remember doing a little bit of babysitting babysitting I think I got like I think I got like fired from what? I think I was babysitting for the Van Lyrips <laughs> and I think it was like What'd Adam or no Van Lyrip or something I don't remember and they're your friends or Noah and they yes. fired <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I think she wasn't happy with how I did it and I didn't really go back what I, did you do I don't they didn't do anything crazy I don't think I mean they're all still alive that's your metric for whether you did a good job <laughs> or not they're still alive I think that's a big metric don't you think I think if your it's kids are still alive, I think that's like, of the most important metric. Did you not you can, put them, did you feed them properly? Did you I, put them to I bed? I think I did. I didn't mean to hijack your story, Amanda. It just reminded me that I also babysat and my, probably much worse than you. We all enjoy hearing about you failing at babysitting, Josh. Hey, that kid. Yeah, I blame think, the kid. Go for it. I yeah. don't remember if it was Adam or Noah, but the youngest one. No, he like hit me up and we like hung out last time I was in London. And he uh, uh-huh. he's like an adult now. And I'm like, look, he's fine. Yeah. He's actually maybe the most... <laughs> fine despite that one night that i babysat him he's fine look he's he fine too bad. <laughs> he came and he watched my movies he liked them he's clearly fine yeah because he liked my movies <laughs> okay unlike some people yeah Hiya. wow <laughs> i'm just joking 
An inside joke, Amanda. <laughs> yeah, no, I do make jokes about how I don't always like it. Aya likes to just randomly trash my movies. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to bring you like down to earth a little bit. I don't want oh, you to bad. be like a, too a much of a hot shot. Like, yeah, I don't want you to have a big head, you know? Like, like Amanda was a hot shot babysitter. Look at that segue. <laughs> that's fine. She's a like, that's true. Because I... I think we kind of had like, we had some of the same families and I, I'm pretty sure it was like, if Amanda's busy, we'll call Aya. Like, and that's fine. Like I, I re- <laughs> again, I was the youngest. I had no experience taking care of younger children other than actual babysitting. So like, yeah. So we were all babysitters. Yeah, yeah. sure were. Some more successful than others. I think most children babysitters, <laughs> which is weird. It's weird to trust people. Anyways, the reason I brought that up was just that I, I am pretty comfortable around kids. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about the... Like, it's rare that I took care of, you know, like an infant. Like, usually if there was a really small child, the parents would do everything before they left the house. Yeah. So <laughs> there wasn't anything like that. But I feel comfortable, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's being the oldest and there's just sort of inherent, like, I've got to be really independent. I've got to be really, yeah. I've got to know everything and be very responsible. But I'm very much in this time relying on my healthcare providers to tell me what I need to know. Nice. I don't find myself like voraciously reading mm. books. Uh, to prepare myself. Maybe that's good. Mm-hmm. Speaking of books, the last thing I just, uh, I was thinking maybe we could bring up again is that we did all work together at Masonville Library as pages. That's what we were called. Pages in a book. No, that's pages not what in a, no. <laughs> Shelving books at the Masonville Library for years. At least for me, I was there for like five years. That was my first official job. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, me too. Not counting babysitting. Yeah, non-babysitting <laughs> job. Like you get a pay stub job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. We were all babysitters and then we all worked at... Uh... I think I Amanda got that job and then I was like, oh, I want... That sounds like a good job. And then I applied too. Oh. So I copied Amanda on that one. Yeah. You know, I, I went in with my mom actually and she helped get me that job. Oh, that's nice. And then she passed after that. Oh. But that was a... I remember that being a huge, I mean, getting a new job is a big, getting your first job is a big life-changing event, right? Yeah. Amanda's like, no, not really. Amanda's like, no, it didn't, it was nothing to me. It was just what I did with all my spare time instead of mm. other things. That's, fair. that's a shitty take, but <laughs> that's kind of what ended up happening honest. in high school is I just worked instead of, you know, sports or musicals, whatever. You did a lot of music stuff too, didn't you? Uh, not at school or anything. No, you did. Uh, did you do Kiwanis for a long time? I did a couple, you know, I hated, I hated the competitive mm. recital stuff. I hated recitals. I hated performing with music. I was just, it's not really my thing. I mean, which sounds weird for me to say, but it's more like the. Oh, I, no, um, I get it. It's a lot of pressure. I was also shitty at piano. So just being shitty at piano and then forced also to like be a nervous eight-year-old competing with other nervous eight-year-olds in front of a bunch of cool people. (laughs) No, that's terrifying. Honestly, I, yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Why wouldn't enjoy that? What I thought Josh was going to say was life-changing when he said books, life-changing. Oh, look at me disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) This is better. I have a better thing to say. (laughs) This is probably better. Yeah, Yeah. Just one big disappointment after another, Josh. That's fine. Life-changing either books, movies, TV shows, musicals, whatever that you saw and like changed how you oh. saw. Oh, that's great. This is way yeah. better, Amanda. Yeah, that's should be- awesome. Amanda, why aren't you hosting this podcast? Well, she is right now. That's why we got her. You should do this. I, yeah. I want to be a guest yeah. instead that comes on once in a while. Because well, those, I feel like, like if you ask me like, what are some books or, or movies or things that changed your yeah. life? I can be like, these are the things that I, I never like. They changed oh. what I thought a book could do oh. or it changed like. So life-changing. Like Cat's Crazy. Cat's Cradle was a book. Oh, that- the, like Kurt Vonnegut book? Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah. When I finished that book, I was like, wow, 
I did not know books could do that. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. What did it do? Uh, do you want to expand on that? Or do you, you don't have to. You can remember. Yeah, I mean, I read it again recently. Just, uh, I hadn't visited it since high school. But it's one of these things where it was... And people know Kurt Vonnegut's like style, but it's very, I found very easy to read, very, um, you just sort of like devour it. But also this book, it's hard to even describe the plot, but essentially um, you have this sort of fish out of water exploring this community where everything is so different than he expects and everything goes incredibly wrong. And it still ends in this like really beautiful, profound way. That was so surprising. I was like, oh, wow, you can completely blow up the, the literary world that you built over the course mm-hmm. of that book. You can just detonate it and leave that feeling with that, with the person. Cool. Yeah, it's very, I'm, I'm being, abstract because I, I think it's a great book and everyone oh, like, should read it um, yeah no it's nice it, you're not doing any no spoilers in that <laughs> but yeah that was a big one for me I remember just closing it and being like wow that's hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah that's awesome I've never read it but I'll take your word for it I read it I I don't rem- like it was actually I think maybe because I had heard so much about it I don't know why or maybe I read it too late in life because I don't I remember preferring Vonnegut's other books. Like I, I liked Sirens of Titan better and that's like a kind of an unknown one. I don't know why though, but I think like that's pretty common that like something will hit someone personally mm-hmm. and then maybe not hit someone else. And even like, so speaking of books that you feel change your life, there was a book, The Stranger by Albert Camus. And I like, I read that in high school as part of uh, actually for the summer that I was at a Catholic school just for taking English like ahead of time. Summer school, yeah. The big old nerd. And I did the same thing, by the way. Well, yeah, we did. <laughs> and not at the same time, I guess. But no, yeah, no. it was something about the way that the teacher was described, like was going over this and he was teaching us about existentialism. And I remember that changing how I thought of things. And I at one point went home and to my parents, I was like, I'm an existentialist. And like, it changed something. And then I, re- I had to reread this book for a French class last semester and I was like I like like it gets better like a lot of it's fine but I was like how did this have that effect on me like I don't see it now and it's kind of weird like you would think that later in life is when you're affected by something but my point is the same book can have a very different effect on the same person at different points in your life too right like it's been what like 15 years since I read that and yeah just like not the same but it's yeah books someone else talk (laughs) I don't know. For me, I, I mean, I've talked about Harry Potter before, and <laughs> I don't know about you guys. Oh, man, Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter. I can't tell you how Harry Potter changed my life, but I know it did. I think Harry Potter changed our <laughs> lives. Yeah, yeah. My life would be different without Harry Potter. Yeah. Remember when I put everyone into houses in our class, like a weirdo? <laughs> like, I mean, we all kind of did that, right? We were all like, I'm in this. We grew up with the character, yeah. which was really cool. Ever since we had Mrs. Delaney reading it to us, like the first one <laughs> in an eight years of, you know, reading the rest of them. But when I think about content that changed my life in that regard, what comes to mind for some reason is this play I watched in high school. Mr. Wintercorn took us to our drama teacher, Amanda smiling, because just the flood of memories just came in, right? <laughs> Do we all have Mr. Wintercorn, by the way, I think, in high school? No, I didn't. Oh, you and I were in Miss Holmes's grade nine class, right, Aya? Yeah, and then I never took drama again because I hated that <laughs> class so much. Amanda, you and I were in drama with Mr. Wintercorn after that, and he took us to see Angels in America. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that play, I remember going to this rundown, dingy theater in London, thinking like, oh, it was kind of creepy, actually, when we got there. Which theater was that? Do you remember? 
I don't remember which theater. Was it like in the East End? Must have been. Anything dingy's in the East, right? No. Yeah. So I guess I'd seen some musicals and some stuff on stage and, you know, Shakespeare. But this was the first time watching a play, again, Angels in America. I remember feeling like this changed my life watching this mm. play because it was so raw and so real. I felt the emotions up there. It really showed me how art put on like this could really have an impact. I just remember there was that line there was a character in there that after the doctor tells him that he has AIDS and the character goes on a big tangent ending with fact is I don't have AIDS. I have cancer. The whole purpose of him saying that to the doctor was people can't know that I have AIDS. So they're going to know that I have cancer instead because then they would know he was gay and, and stuff like that. And it was just, it was a very powerful, it was a Tony Kushner uh, written play, I think. Right. And that had a huge effect on me wanting to get into film hmm. and do what I do. That and I remember I had a big film festival in undergrad, like one, and I was like, talk about life-changing events. I was like, fuck, I'm going to film school now. But yeah, it, art can have a huge, huge impact hmm. for sure. You know, books, plays, movies. I don't know if any movies have done that for you guys, but. I feel certain that they have. Yeah. But there's so many movies that I yeah. feel so strongly about him. just picking one out. Schindler's List, I think. Mm -hmm. We've all seen Schindler's List and how it made us kind of confront the Holocaust in a whole new, it was in our face in a way. That was a pretty life-changing film. I feel like the Holocaust was in my face earlier than that, but yeah, <laughs> probably in all of our faces earlier than that. I mean, yeah. yeah, we all grew up learning about it, but I feel like learning about it and then having a movie that can capture that can be a little bit more... That's what I mean by in your face. Yeah, I feel like such a blank, even though, I mean, clearly books have changed my life. I continued in literature to get a P. Like mm -hmm. I, like, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You went down literature. I went down film. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, for whatever reason, it's not like one. It's just every time there's like a passage that like that you read and then it either it resonates or it kind of changes how you see something or how you can feel about things. And it's just every time that happens, it feels like a little like bing like something connects in your head mm -hmm. and it's just the best feeling. Yeah. Same with movies. I, again, like there's no specific yeah. one, but yeah, that makes, yeah. like what you're describing Amanda with Pat and the cradle, like the cat's cradle, not the cat's cradle, true. but the cat's cradle. Like I, I do feel that's a feeling that I've had for sure. Mm -hmm. I can't specify the book for whatever reason, which is pretty bad, but like, yeah, that's a, that's quite the life-changing feeling. Mm -hmm. Your slip of the tongue right there reminded me of something that my dad said changed his life. What's that? Because he listened to that song, Cats in the yeah. Cradle. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys know that song, you know, Cats in the Cradle. Cats in the Cradle. cradle in the the silver silver spoon. Spoon. Clearly I like. Yeah, we all know it. it yeah. <laughs> so that one is about how it's basically a cautionary tale, that song, right? You know, this father keeps not showing up for important life events for his son and then later on in life when he wants to spend time with his son his son doesn't have time for him it's a big cautionary tale there and my dad said when he listened to that song it made him super afraid to like screw up as a father oh so he always tried to make sure to be there for us that's nice yeah that one's a tearjerker and you're like and yet you still don't come to my films <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh my god no he does he, <laughs> he does though. i mean he's got his anxieties yeah. but he does he showed up for so much I'm, i feel like that's a good like thematic connection now yeah. for somehow to i don't know how well, because but to amanda <laughs> parenthood yeah how to be a parent he yeah. he learned how to be a parent from a song yeah everything's everything's connecting song changed his life <laughs> this is maybe my last question amanda anything that's stayed with you and kind of made you think about what kind of mother you're going to be whoa oh gosh deep. oh my god i don't know if i asked this right i apologize if it's coming off wrong no it's cool that's a good I, I think that's a good question but that's like so hard how do you answer that unless you have an answer ready i'm gonna stop talking <laughs> you're like empathizing so hard with that <laughs> <laughs> i think there are 
it's probably unfair, but I feel like every child feels this way. Everyone who's ever had a parent has things that they're like, well, I had this experience mm-hmm. and that's not the experience I want for my kid. And so I want to do it mm-hmm. so that I don't feel this way when this thing comes up for me. And so there's like, there's things like that you feel strongly about because maybe you weren't supported in a moment when you needed it. And so there's things I think like that, or, you know, thinking about the way that I felt as a kid and the kinds of things that I would have liked to have. This is very abstract, but I mean, this isn't like any particular specific thing, but as far as answering like what kind of person I want to be, you know, I think it's very important to me to be present and to stay connected with that person and to listen and to, yeah, I don't know, to listen and to watch and to be observant and to think about what I'm being told and and to really try to honestly be present for, for the child. I don't know. You just want to, you want to do right. You know, Mm. you want you to feel heard and validated and all the things that everyone wants for, for themselves. I don't know if that's a good pithy answer. (laughs) No, I think this is great. So when your kid listens to this podcast many uh, years later, they'll be like, Oh, I see. Okay, that's great. She was already planning that. She was planning to be the awesome. Planning to be a present, wonderful mother. And then she was. I think you'd be an awesome mother. Like, (laughs) I think they'd be lucky. Because you're, like, really aware of other people and what their needs might be. And you're pretty, like, you're an accepting person. I think whatever a kid would want, you'd be like, I can understand. Not, like, not to say, like, you'd just be like, whatever. You'd just be like, okay, I can see it from your point of view. I hope so. You know, like, not all parents don't necessarily do that. So that's pretty... Well, if not, we'll just be like, uh, Amanda, you said this, that you were going to do this and you're not doing that. So no, we're not, I, I, nobody, I'm not qualified to do that. In so far, as much as we know you, or as I know you as an adult, Amanda, I think you're going to be an, just an amazing mother. Aww. Incredible, amazing mother. Ditto. Like, I'm very excited for your kid. Yeah. <laughs> I think we know you well. And I can't imagine. Yeah, I ditto what Josh said. Like, I can imagine you being just like a supportive, awesome mom. And you'd be fun, too. It's a lot of pressure. This is this is really you'd be fun. There's gonna be a lot of crafts involved as well. A lot of art. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if they want. If they want. Unless they don't like crafts. And then you'd be like, that's cool. You do you, kid. No, you're gonna you're gonna force it on. No, I'm no. sorry that we're telling you what kind of a mom to be. <laughs> we're telling you what kind of mother you're going to be. It's even worse. And we're like, you're gonna be great and if you're not we're gonna be really disappointed yeah yeah sorry you'll just never know though because yeah we won't know nobody's i want instagram about it (laughs) nice but your kid will yeah are you gonna do those little i don't even care i'm gonna complain about this even if you were planning on it are you gonna do those little like pregnancy photos or like baby oh you haven't done pregnancy photos yet so you probably aren't going to but maybe you are you know how people post on facebook with like their partner has like their hands on their bare belly and it's like we have a baby coming and it's like okay I'm so sorry are you gonna do that so I have friends and colleagues with kids who are like around like eight to ten and what I was told was at that age the kids really want they really want to see that stuff so like sort of as a I'm You won't see it on Facebook, but it might take some, you know, memento photos to make sure that, you know, in case it's like, take all the photos you want. It's more just like, sometimes I see that on Facebook and I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) It's like someone I barely know. If it were you, I would care. Aya, tell us how you really feel. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I'm offending everybody. No, it's great. Don't worry. Amanda, you do what you want. Okay. And you post whatever you want and don't let me, a hater tell you what you should or shouldn't <laughs> do because I can recognize that like nobody should follow my arbitrary and unnecessary criticisms. We'll just say you're attacking social media. That's what it is. Yeah. And yeah. now I feel bad because like I know people who had their little pregnancy. 
it's fine like you're happy you're having a, okay someone else talk i uh, you need to have a stand-up sometime i would love i would pay to see you do a stand-up and just complain about everything no you wouldn't we, i would that's what we do every week here why would you pay for that that's craziness i know but you're sitting down i would pay to see you do it standing up oh you want me to stand up okay yeah all right i'll stand up next time we do a podcast and you can give me a few bucks here we go that'll be a stand up i like that deal yeah, yeah. I was going to say my shitty take on weddings. Oh, yeah. Which I didn't get to add to yours. Yeah, let's hear it. Someone else say something shitty. Yeah, yeah. So my shitty take is most of my friends who got married have already lived with their partner for mm. a good amount of time or have been together for like possibly five or more years. And so my question is, who is the wedding life? Is the wedding that like I don't have anyone to ask this question to? Was the wedding life-changing or right because nothing changed like who is it life-changing for nothing changed you you had a party and i'm sure it was a very nice party we're all there we all had a nice time and then you went home and you just returned to your life with your spouse which i suppose it would have been different with more presence i guess that's it more presence presence. yeah but you were saying before it's a change in perception though for a lot of people and that's not always a good change of perception because there's people who are together for like 20 years and then they get married and get divorced the next year right Mm. because for some reason it like expectation changes right yeah but that's what i want to ask i think like what you're asking goes deeper than a wedding what you're asking is what's the difference between being married and just being in a committed relationship like is there a proper difference other than a contract you have now have a legal commitment not just an action well if you're common law you also have a legal contract. yeah we have a legal not to the same degree we have a legal commitment it's not the same though is it there's more of a legal uh, commitment when you're married there's it's more explicit about kids i think hmm. right there is more if you're married i think in certain cases it might be easier to do certain things if you're married but like in a lot of ways like common law is pretty much married i don't know i'm not a marriage law expert in any case anyways that's what i want to ask is who is that life changing (laughs) for (laughs) i like is it life changing maybe it is i think josh is right i think i think probably you're right maybe it changes your perception to be someone's husband or wife or married spouse yeah it's just different people have a different idea of what that means to them yeah i have friends being married to them is this vow thing that is incredibly Mm. that, that bothers me too because people make vows and things change and then they have a like okay well I made this vow but things change but I made this vow so I have to stick with the vow and then they have a cognitive dissonance about that and it causes them misery right. that's a whole other thing but yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to shit on we, I don't know I guess we're shitting on marriage you didn't mean to bit. shit on marriage let's do it <laughs> why it's fun let's shit all over them none of us are married we're allowed <laughs> no I think that's that's what I thought I was doing but now you brought in actually probably a true thing <laughs> which is that people <laughs> care about what they they care about that moment and they yeah 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 I love this episode, guys. It was great talking to you. I mean, we're saying episode, but I honestly, this was just a very publicish way to catch up. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't quite expect that. What kind of parenting? Oh, man. Oh, I'm so sorry. I hope I was okay. Oh, no, it's okay. So intense. Okay. I'm also just curious. Like no, I said, I, I don't I have a lot of are, friends yeah. who are. You don't have a lot of friends that are going to be or have are or were about to be parents. And I, I just. Well, I've got something to tell you then, Josh. No, I'm just wow. no. Remember when I got an <laughs> Oculus and I was like, I have big news. And I totally Josh, thought like, definitely thought something like that. Like, I thought something actual like that. news, like adult person news. <laughs> I thought <laughs> I wedding, like, pregnancy. No, I, I thought something. <laughs> she bought a, a virtual reality. Oh, By the way, that was life changing. That was life changing to me. Okay, Josh, relax. We're, we're uh, excuse me, going into virtual reality, <laughs> life changing. No, it was. It's like, wow. Yeah, but it doesn't change every day to you. Like, is it life-changing in the same way? I don't world? know. It literally changes your reality from real to virtual. It's over, Josh. You can talk about virtual reality another time. <laughs>
Like Amy in our entire last episode. Exactly. What do you say we wrap this thing up? <laughs> yeah, Amanda, thank you so much for coming back. It's nice to see you. It's amazing to see you. Yeah, thank you. Obviously. And like, I appreciate you taking the time out because like you have a like a job and baby on the way and a baby on the way and all that stuff. <laughs> Eight months in <laughs> and a new house. Ain't no yeah. thing. Ain't no thing. <laughs> it's such a pleasure. Yeah great to catch up yeah yeah it's nice to yeah oh and i have things that i'm supposed to say um this has been another episode of adulthood friends if you enjoyed this episode please follow us on social media facebook and things and please like us on also facebook it's mainly facebook <laughs> i don't know why i said social media it's just facebook i think and also on spotify and apple podcasts google podcasts wherever you like to listen just click a little subscribe button and then you'll hear from us more often unless you don't want to and then don't no pressure you do what you want live your life the way you want to live it i like how part of your promotion is also anti-promotion well because like <laughs> i don't like telling people what to do with their like maybe they don't want to and then it's like well, what are you telling maybe i don't need to do this and like go away every time amanda i swear we've done 40 of these i still don't know how to end it like i still every time i'm like is that what i'm supposed to say ah, i think that's it i don't know how do we usually end this thing amanda oh my understanding is that you just keep talking until That is correct. Yeah. Let's just make weird noises, Amanda. Do you remember when we used to go like, we had like bubbles and we went like, Betty, 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 Betty. I do remember. Betty, Betty. What? Yeah. We were like four years old and we were like hitting <laughs> bubbles in my backyard and we were like, Betty, Betty, Betty. Betty? Betty. <laughs> oh, Betty? As we were like hitting the bubbles. Just popping bubbles, which is a fantastic time for a four-year-old. Super fun. Just having a blast. Yeah. Popping bubbles. Or an adult as well. Yeah. Popping bubs. <laughs>